Oh, hello there. Quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer, the kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this retraining, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So, are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. Have you ever come across someone's work and just felt awestruck by it? Like their work inspired you so much that it changed the course of your life? For me, this is what happened when I stumbled upon the work of Mark Hemmings about 13 years ago. Mark is a magician with photography. His approach is timeless, real, and raw. He dares to go before others, and he travels the world teaching photography. More recently, he's carved himself a corner of the market by specializing in iPhone photography. You know, those little devices that we're already carrying around with us everywhere we go. This is how he is showing up to serve the world. He has recently worked with the School of iPhone Photography, and later this year, when that yellow and black covered book, iPhone Photography for Dummies is released, you will see his name as the title author. I am proud and fortunate to call Mark a friend. And here's a fun little nugget. We are releasing a product photography course that we created together later this year. To tell you I'm excited to share this new course with you would be a total understatement, but more on that in the coming months. The point is, you don't need to have a fancy camera to get incredible looking photos. And Mark exemplifies this perfectly. You just need to step out of your comfort zone, hone your inner creative, and be super resourceful. Mark encourages you to take advantage of the tools you already have, like that iPhone in your back pocket, the light all around you, and well, take in this episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast, and you'll be showing up with incredible photos starting, well, today. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Mark, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. It's always a great pleasure and a privilege to talk to anybody about photography, and really excited about what we have to talk about today. 
Oh my goodness, me too. I have to say, Mark, I've known you for quite a while now, and your work is probably one of the main reasons that I ventured into photography. When I took a look at your mannequin series a few years ago, maybe 10 or more years ago now, I just thought if that's what photography can look like, I want in on that. And so I have to thank you for being that inspiration because I may not be here doing this today if it wasn't for you and your inspiring work. Well, that's, I'm really happy to hear that. And if, you know, at the end of my career, which possibly would be the end of my life, uh, not to get too heavy, but if I could just, you know, (laughs) be known to inspire at least a few people into this incredible art, then I will, I'll have done my job. Well, I am so, so excited to have you here today to inspire all of the listeners. And I know a little bit about your journey, Mark, but I don't know the whole story. And I would love it if you could just share with us what brought you to the world of photography. What did your journey look like? Yeah, certainly. So in 1997, I was hired by UNBSJ, that's our local university, University of New Brunswick, to go to Japan to recruit students for their newly organized ESL program. That's English as a second language. And when I got there, or sorry, before that, I asked my grandfather if I could take his Nikon. This was of course, before digital was popular. And it was a film camera. And I had to learn within a couple of days. And when I got to Tokyo, I was just amazed. You know, there's film, what I thought were thousands of different types of films. I was in my glory. It was wonderful. And I learned, you know, how to take pictures there. And then in 2000, my wife and I lived there for a year. So Japan was instrumental to learning about the fundamentals of photography and also learning a very unique style that was high key in advertising. It was very bright light and it was actually years advanced, years ahead of its time back here in North America. And the Japanese advertising photographers taught me how to create a signature style in my early days as a commercial photographer. I love that. That is amazing. I did not know this part of your story. So Mark, you travel all over the world. You do amazing street photography and you teach people from all over the world all year long. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, certainly. So there's a varied amount of platforms where I I teach. One is simply my Instagram and everything that I put on my Instagram is also is content that can help photographers. So if you look through the past well, it could be five or six years, almost every single photo has a lesson attached to it. And, you know, you could say, well, wow, you're giving away a lot of your secrets. But really, I just love teaching photography and I love sharing. And it it sort of becomes almost like, you know, writers love to write blogs and share their thoughts to the world. Well, it's the same with me. I get a lot of pleasure out of daily writing my little photo lesson with the street photo or the travel photo that I just took. Amazing. And Mark, you're making the world a more beautiful place by sharing all of your photo tips because, I mean, just let's just take me for example. I was probably just taking dark, blurry photos. I wasn't giving it a whole lot of thought until I came across your work. And I'm particularly excited to have you here today because not only do you travel the world teaching photography and share all of your photography tips on Instagram and on the internet so generously, but you've also carved a little corner of the market in iPhone photography. And I just think that that is incredible because we're in 2020 and I would say, I think safe to say that over 90% of people at this point have smartphones in their pockets. So we're now walking a planet where everyone has with them some form 
of a camera and you're helping people to learn how to use those devices more effectively. And I'd love to spend some time talking about that because I know listeners are probably thinking, hey, I would really like to be able to take a better photo with the device that I'm carrying around with me every day. What types of advice do you have for people who might be interested in taking better photos either for their personal lives or for their business or for their blogs or whatever it is that they're doing using their smartphone devices? Yes, that's a fantastic question. I'm really excited to talk about it because I have an enormous amount of information for your listeners. First of all, what I'd like to say is that the first wall that people hit with regards to using their Android or iPhone for photography are the camera club snobs. And these are the people who tell you, no, your photo's not good enough because it wasn't taken with a Canon or an Nikon. And I would just say that I've been a professional photographer for, I think, 23 years now, and I've earned the, the, <laughs> the right or the authority to say that it's not about the device, it's about you learning how to manipulate light and composition. So always feel free to take photos with your iPhone or your Android. Uh, the device is almost irrelevant. Now, I know that that's not the case for professional photography, for commercial photography. But when we're talking about just going around the street and using the art form of photography as a sort of a daily ritual or a daily fun task for you, then never feel less because you're using an iPhone or an Android. Second thing is the technology is improving so rapidly that you would be amazed at the, the quality that comes from a late model iPhone. Now, when I talk to you today, I'm going to be talking in terms of iPhone because that's what I know. I don't know a thing about Android phones, but I know that they have amazing cameras as well. So for your listeners, I just want to tell you that I'm not leaving you guys out who use Android. I just don't know anything about them. Now, the latest iPhone, which is the 11 series, has something called the night mode. And I'm Interesting, if you go onto my Instagram, which is at Mark Hemmings, the last two trips I did, which was Mexico and Japan, were entirely iPhone 11. And now the reason I did that is because I just bought the 11 prior to the Japan trip to test it out. And I was amazed at the ability to photograph at night in the dark and to create amazing photos. So I'm not telling you to buy an iPhone 11. Never feel pressure to buy the latest and greatest. However, I'm saying that the future looks very good for all of us using any type of camera device because our industry gets better and better and better and almost exponentially better. I love that. And I especially love that the last time I got together with you, you had both of the latest versions of the iPhone. So you're definitely staying on top of the technology. Unlike myself over here with my iPhone 8S, I think it is. I don't even pay that much attention, but I've definitely, I definitely pay attention to the photos that I see. And there are friends of mine that suddenly are taking these gorgeous photos. And I'm thinking like, what is going on? And they'll say iPhone 11 is a game changer. Not that I'm promoting purchasing a new iPhone, but I am noticing a bit of a difference in recent photos for people now that they're updating their devices. Yeah, that's true. And the nice thing is, is that this is the case for any corporation that creates photography. There are the incredible advancements in chip technology and sensors and the ability to process information into a final photograph is just absolutely stunning. So things look good for us. Yeah, so amazing. 
want to interrupt for a quick sec to tell you about a product that I've recently come across. I have never been a fan of wearing pantyhose. Most of the time after one wash, they would pill and tear. And honestly, it always just felt like an enormous waste of money to own them. Then came Sheertex. The strongest pantyhose in the world delivered right to my door in the cutest little box. Their fibers don't exist anywhere else on the market. They actually miniaturize the fibers used in bulletproof vests to create a knit just as strong as the people who wear them. You basically have to be Hulk to rip these things. And they have quickly converted me into a person that raves endlessly about my shears. I don't want you to miss out. So head over to kellylawson.ca slash sheertex, S-H-E-E-R-T-E-X, and use the code kellyslawson10 to save 10% on your new pair of shears today. Back to what you said about the device being a little bit irrelevant and it being a little bit more about knowing how to use it and how to manipulate light. Let's get back to that because I'm sure that lots of listeners don't have the latest iPhone, myself included. So what things can we be doing with our devices, whatever they are, to take a really great looking photo? Yes. Now, what I find is that when we don't have a DSLR or a mirrorless. Now, by the way, I'm a strong mirrorless user. I use a lot of the Fujifilm mirrorless cameras. Mm -hmm. However, when we're stripped of the ability to alter this exposure triangle, which is ISO, shutter speed, and aperture, then we are really focused down a very narrow tunnel of composition and to a certain extent manipulating light. So with regards to the beauty of a mobile device camera, like an iPhone or an Android, you are really pushed to discovering the joys and the efficacy of composition. Mm -hmm. Now, most people have heard of the rule of thirds, and that's something that you want to start out with. And then after you master that, then you can go into more adventurous types of composition. However, I find that the use of a mobile device is actually encourage it as a tool to learn about composition. And the reason being is when we look through a camera lens, either a DSLR or a mirrorless, we have a smaller, uh, I guess you would say, window into what we're seeing. And it's a little bit hard to fine-tune your compositional skills. But when you're actually looking through a larger device like an Android or an iPhone, you have a greater ability to prejudge and pre-calculate whatever the scene is in front of you and how to place those assets, those visual assets, into a composition. And the ability to see it on a larger screen is actually quite advantageous, and it will help you in your DSLR and mirrorless photography. So I would say that getting a basis of composition, both by practice and a little bit of study online, YouTube, anything, you know, you can find amazing resources out there, will help you in your DSLR and mirrorless photography. I love that. I hadn't thought of it like that. Because you're using a mobile device, it kind of strips away all the technicalities and gives you the ability to just focus on what you're looking at and what is filling your frame instead of needing to think about what should my shutter speed be? Should I use exposure compensation? What should I set my ISO to? I think that's a beautiful thing. I hadn't considered that. And I love that you just made me think about that. I'm already thinking about using my iPhone for some more photos. So this is a good thing. But back to the composition piece. And I know that there's lots of resources online. Your Instagram account included. What might be a few simple tips that people could take away from today? And I know it's a little bit tricky because we're talking about it and there's nothing to see. So we have to, I guess, use our words to describe it a little bit better. But what are some tips that people could take away for taking or composing a better photo with their iPhone? 
Certainly. So what I would advise is that every person give themselves a one photo a day challenge. And mm-hmm. this is very important. It's like taking your vitamins or going to the gym every morning. And if you commit to one photo a day, at least, I can guarantee you that you will exponentially increase in your compositional skills. Now, when we deal with composition, I say turn on your grid mode. That's a practical tip. And all cameras have grid. And this is like a tic-tac-toe grid. And in your settings, it'll go to grid and you can turn that on and off. I think it's the same for Android. And when you are out on the streets, look for scenes where you can create or add a strong vertical or strong horizontal lines that match up with the grid. This is basic rule of thirds composition. It's classic, it's well-respected, and it looks good. So if you are just sort of getting into the world of composition, obey the rule of thirds. And that means like if you have a telephone pole that's in your composition, allow it to be on the left or the right vertical third. Now, if you are advanced, you've gone beyond, you're saying, okay, the rule of thirds is I I feel like I want to branch out into expressive photography. Then what you're going to do is you're going to disobey the rule of thirds, but in a very intelligent way. Now, this is critical because if you disobey or ignore the rule of thirds, you're at the risk of appearing that you don't know what you're doing. However, there's a very clever way or many clever ways for you to create dynamic tension filled photos by going against the grain. Now, that would include people walking out of the frame instead of walking into the frame, meaning there's more space behind them than in front of them. This is actually not traditional classical composition, but it's a great way to add tension, conflict, emotion, and drama into your picture. As well, let's talk about a little bit of color. Now, all of our iPhones and Androids and any editing software allows for color balance, which would be the yellow and blue spectrum. If you want to add tension, emotion, drama to your picture, why not slide the color balance instead of to to warm, to yellow, slide it to blue. Also, increase the deep shadows. Those two combinations are amazing to create tension-filled drama pictures. And actually, if you explore black and white and all of the editing software and all of the cameras have the ability to switch to black and white. And if you reduce those shadows even more, you're going to get incredible drama-filled pictures. So essentially, when we're talking about the two big advantages of a mobile device, you have the composition, the ability to see your composition really well, to obey or disobey the rule of thirds, and also the ability to adjust color, tone, reduce the shadows to make for a very dramatic picture. I love that. I love a good black and white photo. And I love your advice of adding contrast to that because it really just helps to give the eye a place to settle when you really know what it is that you're looking at. I used to feel like I lived in a perpetual Groundhog Day. Every Sunday, I would need to sit down and take time to think about what I would cook for the week, make a list of what groceries I would need to buy, and then go spend hours at the grocery store collecting the ingredients, sometimes needing to visit two or three places to find everything I needed. And still, we felt like we were eating the same meals over and over. Enter HelloFresh. The meals are pre-planned, the groceries are gathered, and everything I need to prepare delicious meals for my family is dropped off at my door once per week. We are discovering new delicious recipes every week. I am getting the hours of meal prep time back. There is no food waste. And best of all, every meal can be prepared in just 30 minutes. 
Visit kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh to check out some of my favorite meals and save $40 on your first box. That's kellylawson.ca slash HelloFresh. You talked a lot about altering shadows and altering colors and things like that. And if I know my listeners, it's probably freaking them out a little bit, the thought of editing their photos. So do you have any advice like what app to maybe use or an easy way to get started with photo editing? Yes, I certainly do, Kelly. And what I usually advise people to do is a workflow that includes, now I'm going to first start it with iPhones and then I'm going to switch to Android. So for iPhone users, here's the workflow that I I suggest. For all fun pictures of you and your friends and your family and, you know, taking pictures of receipts for your business, all of that should be with your normal iPhone camera. We call that the native camera. However, your artistic pictures and your pictures for clients, for example, if you do weddings, then everything, all of the artistic commercial advertising shots should go through Lightroom CC. Lightroom CC, in my opinion, is the best workflow solution for any photographer, and this includes Android and iPhone, because it's multi-platform. That means you can switch between Android, iPhone, you can switch between Windows and Mac. You can even work on your photo collection in in an internet cafe around the world. This is, there's an incredible ability in Lightroom to edit your photos remotely, send them to your client remotely, and the tools are actually very, very good for editing any photo that you have. And the bonus is for iPhone and Android photographers is it has a built-in camera. And this camera shoots in RAW. And RAW simply means the data that has not been compressed or the quality has not been reduced to make a JPEG. So within your iPhone or Android and you're using Lightroom CC, make sure that your camera is in DNG, which stands for digital negative, and that will give you an incredible amount of quality and future editing potential if you use your Lightroom CC camera as well. I love that. And I think at the time of this recording, at least, Lightroom CC, the mobile app version of it is free, right? That's absolutely correct. So you can have full functionality of the camera, of most editing tools, and you will produce amazing results even with the free version. Now, if you want to bump up to the paid version, which is a monthly fee through Adobe Creative Cloud, you do get the advantage of importing raw files from your Canon, Nikon, Sony, Fujifilm. That's an advantage. And you also have very good selective adjustment tools, like, for example, brush work. You can brush on certain exposure to a certain part of the picture or, uh, you know, circular adjustments or linear adjustments. So you don't have to pay the fee but you do get these extra strong and effective features if you do purchase the monthly fee. And I have to say that's huge. I've been paying to use Adobe products for a long time now, and I've obviously taken the opportunity to look at the Lightroom CC mobile app, and it is a robust piece of software for free. So I think it's worth like re-saying, if our listeners have zoned out because they're at the gym, like come back to us and hear that Lightroom CC is a really robust piece of software that's available to you to use for free as of at least the time of this recording. So make sure that if you take nothing else away from this episode today, make sure that you go and get that and give it a try. And I love what you said that, you know, just get in there and use it. And if you do it once a day, eventually it's going to be like second nature, right? Yes, exactly. And if I could just add one more thing, Kelly. Yeah. What in my experiments in Mexico and Japan the last two months, 
is that I do have one little tip for your listeners. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a temporary tip because this may change. Okay. But with the iPhone 11 and iOS 13, which is the latest, night mode and their incredible AI technology means that the normal camera is now better than the Lightroom RAW. Now, this is, goes against everything I've said to everybody for the last five years, or however many years the Lightroom CC app has been out. I've always told people, if you're going to take pictures with your mobile device, always use your Lightroom camera. I can't speak for the Android side, but usually what happens is the Adobe people at Lightroom will sort of uh, catch up to the offerings of the iPhone camera. And until that time, I suggest because night mode is so good with the iPhone 11 that you may be tempted just to use your normal camera. However, for everyone with an iPhone 10 or called X and earlier, please consider using the raw version of the Lightroom camera app, which will give you incredible detail to edit with. I love that. I'm going to take that advice and I'm going to give it a try. I haven't tried that myself. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, and I know when I got started with taking photos before I got into it professionally, I ran into this quite a bit and I still see it a lot when I'm scrolling on social media with photos that people are obviously taking with their phones. How do people deal with getting blurry photos with their mobile devices. Do you mean like purposely blurry or mistake? No, sorry, mistaken, like non-intentional blur. So when I'm scrolling, I'm seeing photos that are blurry and I'm pretty sure the person taking it would prefer to have like a nice, crisp, sharp photo. And I'm just wondering what advice you have for people who may be struggling with that issue when taking photos with their mobile devices. Yeah, and I have a, a couple answers for that. One is it's critical that you listen to this point. (laughs) (laughs) Listen up, everybody. (laughs) Everybody has fingerprints on their lenses. I guarantee it. So if you're an eyeglass, do you wear eyeglasses? If so, then if you just do a very light dose of your eyeglass cleaner, that's acceptable. A better option is simply go to your camera store and buy camera alcohol liquid and a little soft brush and just very gently in circular motion, clean the one, two, or three lenses on your mobile device. That's critical. Another thing is if you have what's called a super protective cases, usually they're waterproof or cases that you can take on a construction site. Sometimes there's a plastic protector that goes over your lens. And I've seen that a couple times. Actually, one of our guests from the Mexico photo workshop that I just taught had one and his photos were always sort of like ghostly and soft and fuzzy. And I just, you know, we just came to the conclusion that there must be that thin plastic covering it. Rip that off. You don't want anything over that lens. Another thing is a lot of the, what we call motion blur, is because of our hands. And what I suggest to get a more stable shot is, if you can envision this, is to push your elbows into your rib cage as tight as possible and to place your camera as close to your chest or your eyes as possible just to the extent that you can't see the screen because of near or far-sightedness. In other words, take it as close to your eyes as comfortable. Now, the reason I say this is because most of the camera blur or camera shake is because people take their picture with their arms extended. This is a huge mistake. It's because when our arms are extended, we have so much ability and so much inclination to have camera shake because our arms are holding a device. So bring everything closer to your upper body. Your center of gravity will maintain a sort of a stronger and more effective way to hold your camera. And I guarantee you that you will get sharper photos. 
One more thing is if you can lean your body against a wall, a telephone pole, a garbage can, any stable surface, if you can lean yourself, you will have even more stability in your photo because when you breathe, just the act of breathing like that will cause shake. And so it's another tip is take your picture at the bottom of your breath. So take a deep breath. A big breath, especially if it's getting dark outside, and exhale, take the picture. So all of those tips combined will give you extremely sharp pictures. So make sure that you take note of all of those tips and use them for every picture that you take. You'll be all set. Have you guys seen my new website? It's pretty gorgeous. And if I know you, you're probably feeling like your website isn't as good as you'd like it to be, and you're struggling a little to find the perfect solution. Well, my friend, I have some advice for you. Get a Tonic site. Until I discovered Tonic, I was on that struggle bus too. And my Tonic site has forever changed the way I show up online and in my business. Tonic sites are completely customizable, they're code-free, and built with all the best marketing strategies in mind. It's time for you to have a site that looks just as good and probably even better than others in your industry so you can finally stand out in a way that's perfectly unique to you. And today, I'm giving you that extra little nudge that I think you've been waiting for. Save 15%, that's up to $200 on your new site. Just go to kellylawson.ca slash tonic site to find your perfect site and use the code Kelly Lawson to save 15% on your gorgeous new site today. So the main point then is to keep the device as still as humanly possible. That's correct. And so I suppose too, if if you're like me and you've had six cups of coffee <laughs> in a morning and maybe you don't trust that you can't shake, is it even better to stabilize your device on something like a tripod or maybe a table nearby or something like that? Yes. And this is sort of the second stage to your question. The ultimate, of course, is a tripod. And you can get tabletop tripods, very small. You can pack them, even some of them in your pocket Mm -hmm. because they're quite small. And that's the gold standard. However, if you can't do that, then what I, I do suggest, if you have the budget, is something like the DJI Osmo Mobile 3. Now, this is a unit, it's called a gimbal, and a gimbal is a fancy word for a stabilizer. And a stabilizer or a gimbal works really well for getting perfectly sharp pictures because the gyroscope inside will anticipate or in real time feels the shake of your hand and will counteract it. So it works really well. So tripod, gold standard. Gimbal, like the DJI Osmo 3, is a very good alternate solution. I love that. And for listeners who are listening to this and you're having a hard time keeping track of the products, don't worry. We'll add a couple of links to the show notes to show you some of these products that we're talking about. And also maybe, Mark, afterwards, I'll take a couple of photos of you in position with your phone, holding your elbows in close to your body so that people can see exactly what it is that we're talking about. I know sometimes it's a little hard to envision when we're just talking about it. So I think that might be helpful too. I'll add those to the show notes. Good idea. All right. Do you have any other advice for iPhone users for taking better photos? Yes. One, of course, is the double-edged sword. This is talk. We're going to delve into psychology and emotion right now. Is for you to daily look at other photographers' work. Now, the reason I say it's a double-edged sword is because you have the very dangerous ability to flip into jealousy 
or feelings of despair because your photos aren't nearly as good or, you know, all of these negative emotions. But I would say, don't do that. Look at other people's work for encouragement. Now, how do you do this without, you know, oh, look at the amount of followers that person has. Look at the amazing work, all those places they've been. This is a recipe for disaster emotionally. So I encourage my students, before you even look at any social media, any other photographer's work for inspiration, get yourself into an excellent mindset and say to yourself, even three times, I am going to be encouraged and I'm not going to fall into self-pity and all of these negative emotions because it's so easy for us to do that. So when we look at other people's work, we're scanning their work for technique, for composition, for lighting, for style, for editing, for all of these things. And we can apply all of those aspects to our own photography. And it's not copying. This is how we learn. So this is the double-edged sword. Make sure that every time that you look at social media with regards to other photographers' work, that you prepare yourself to be positively inspired rather than being torn down by feelings of, you know, inadequacy. I love that you address that because it is a real issue. And I read recently that researchers have even found that people feel worse about themselves after looking at someone else's good fortune on social media, which goes a little bit against what I think is normal human nature that we're constantly doing this comparison game. So I'm really glad that you address that, Mark. And I think if nothing else, if listeners can remind themselves that everyone started somewhere. No one was an amazing photographer right from the beginning. Heck, if I shared some of my early photos, we would all have a great laugh. And I'm not embarrassed by those because that was part of my journey. And maybe in 10 years, I'll look at the photos that I'm taking now and think like I'm a little bit embarrassed by those. But I think it's important to always remember that everybody started somewhere. And probably where they started is nowhere nearly as great as it is today. The point is to just do it no matter what. That's so true. I love that you brought that up. Thank you so much for that. Okay. So moving along, do you have any other advice or tricks up your sleeve or in your back pocket, so to speak, for people looking to take better photos with their iPhones? Well, I think that one thing that's really interesting is now the ability to do long exposures. Now, of course, long exposures, if you ever seen those beautiful soft waterfalls that look like silky threads. This is from a DSLR or a mirrorless camera with a long exposure. Now, these are very tricky to do. Very tricky, in fact, even for professionals because it takes time, it takes the right light, the right equipment. However, with a number of different apps, and also I believe uh, Lightroom has an extra feature on some cameras, and with iPhone's live photo, you can now replicate long exposures. And I would really suggest for fun that people get into this. And it really is another way to provide a sense of self-expression. So, for example, in the bright daylight, you can actually, with iPhone's live photo feature, you can actually create a stream of that red car going up the street. And it's actually quite attractive. It's a fairly new feature. And I would suggest that your listeners play around with that slow shutter effect because it actually is quite fun. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Would you have a photo that you could share that we could add to the show notes just to give listeners an extra opportunity to see what it is that you were referring to? By all means. In fact, I just took one about three days ago in San Miguel de Ende, Mexico, and I'd be happy to share it. Oh, that's perfect. I'm really excited to see it. 
It is no secret at all that I love to shop. When I find something I love, I buy it in every color and I live in it. Generally speaking, I dress for casual style and comfort, but I also invest in pieces that go with everything else in my closet. I guess I'm a lover of leverageability in all areas of life. I get asked a lot where I got my clothing items and I try to tag these products as I post them online. But for those of you that want to get a better look at what I'm adding to my capsule each season, head to kellylawson.ca slash mystyle. I'll add the latest and greatest fashion items as I find them and link to the best deals I can find. So make sure you check in regularly and happy shopping workshop warriors. Okay, I want to change gears a little tiny bit. And because I know how passionate you are about photography, and I know how passionate you are about teaching other people photography so that they can, you know, take images or create images like probably they're envisioning in their minds. And I just want to know what it is about photography that's always lit your fire. Was there a pivotal moment where you were like, hey, this is like, this is something that I want to spend my life doing? Well, I'm, it's either I'm in a very blessed situation, which I, I believe I am, but I've never felt any waning of my passion for photography. And it's possible that because I'm daily involved with photography, either doing normal photo shoots for clients or teaching, I'm always learning new things. And if you ever feel that you're in a rut in photography, that's when you do the thing I just said is to look at other people's work and you might be finding that you just, you're not in a rut, but you are just needing a new style. For example, maybe you've done so much landscape work and you feel, you know what, I'm kind of tired of photography. I don't think you are. I think you're tired of landscape photography because you've mastered it. I think it's now time for you to get into high contrast, gritty street photography, or it's time for you you to become a fashion photographer. Who knows? But it's very rare that someone truly gets burned out in photography. I think it's just they need a new challenge. And what a beautiful industry it is because there really is endless learning when it comes to photography, especially digital photography. And, you know, there's even the business of photography and studio lighting and all different types of photography. Like you said, street photography, fashion photography, landscape photography, architectural photography. It really is endless. So as soon as you delve into it, it's kind of an endless journey. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it. So true. Okay. I want to know what one thing listeners can do today to take a step in the right direction for taking better photos with their iPhone. What's one thing that they can do? Yeah. So let's think of something that's multi-platform and also within any version of iPhone and also iAndroid as well. I think that if you could go out on the streets, even today, it doesn't matter if you're in urban or a rural situation. And I want you to practice finding strong lines, either vertical or horizontal, and lining them up with your grid. That's your rule of third tic-tac-toe grid. And play around with lining all these straight lines with your grid. That's step number one. For those who are advanced, the step number two is to do something that you're afraid of. That would be maybe you're concerned about, you know, street photography. Well, if you're concerned about street photography, then photograph someone from behind. But make sure that you take a type of photo that you don't like taking, or at least you don't like the idea of taking. And that will push you into potential new love of a new genre. We always have to be pushing ourselves, and different genres are the key to getting there. 
I love that piece of advice. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go and take a photo that makes me uncomfortable today because it's been a long time since I did that. And I think that's amazing advice. I think it's something that we should almost be doing daily. Yes. I love that. Mark, how can people find you? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Instagram it has daily my daily photos from around the world. And my website is www.markhemmings.com. And that's M-A-R-K-H-E-M-M. Ings.com. And at markhemmings.com, I have, you know, all of my international photo workshops and my online courses, my portfolio, and a whole bunch of other goodies. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to share all of these super valuable tips today. I'm really excited for listeners to get inspired by your work and your photography in the same way that I was, that I still am today, but I was so many years ago initially. And I'm just so grateful that you took the time. I know you're fresh off of a plane from Mexico, so you barely even had a chance to get any rest before I threw you into the podcast booth. So thank you again so much. I am ever grateful for everything that you serve the world. Well, it's my pleasure and let's keep going and create great art for the world to enjoy. Yes, make the world more beautiful one photo at a time. I love it. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. See what I mean, you guys? Mark is unafraid to push his own creative boundaries all in the name of teaching you to take better photos and making his own beautiful images. I simply cannot wait to see what beautiful images you create by following Mark's advice. And please make sure you tag me as you set out to implement these tips so I can cheer you on along the way. And don't forget to hit up the show notes by visiting kellylawson.ca slash 009 to grab the resources we mentioned to help you along the way. I mean, we're all carrying cameras around in our pockets these days anyway, so why not make the most of them, right? And I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Workshop Warriors. I am so looking forward to connecting with you again next week, same time, same place, with another action-packed episode to keep you chasing after your wildest dreams with your fullest potential. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.